Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And the advertising show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The advertising show of Big Radio Midgets Production. As always, we have an incredible show. It's, uh, it's uh, a cinematic extravaganza today with our special guest here, Lance Still, New Line Cinema's Executive Vice President of National Promotions, founded almost 40 years ago. Not Lance, but New Line How Cinema is, is the most, she won't say, is the hmm. most successful independent film company in the world, and I don't think she's 40. She's hmm. been the instrumental in expanding the company's relationships with a number of blue chip marketers. We'll tell you more about uh, what uh, New Line Cinema is doing. It's a really cool website as well. They've got the, uh, the Garrison Keillor uh, movie out right now as well. Interesting thing is I saw the uh, the teaser for that movie, Brad, and I said, gee, who is that playing Garrison Keillor? And it was it's Garrison, Garrison Keillor. Keillor. Yeah. yeah. So he's playing his stunt double, I guess. That's that's fun. We've got yeah. uh, Patrick Meyer here a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Women Hold the Secret is his, uh, is his um, topic today. It sounds like he must have been talking to Mary Lou Quinlan, probably. Huh? <laughs> well, that, first of all, that's no secret, is it? Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. No, that's the keys. That's the purse strings. That's the whatever. Jeffrey mm. Gittimer is talking about testimonials. Testimonials are a hot thing for uh, for companies, and uh, Jeffrey has kind of a key into how you maybe might be able to take advantage of uh, testimonials for your business or even for your marketing effort as well. So we've got Jeffrey here in just a just a few minutes. And how are you doing this week? Well, I'm doing great, and uh, I have a little piece here. We were we had on was it last week or the week before we had the CEO from the Cable Advertising Bureau? It was last week. It was wasn't last it? week. Yes, time yeah. flies. Yeah. And his name was Sean. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Sean. Anyway. <laughs> We'll remember Lance's name next week because it's so easy, Lance Still. Anyway, the uh, CEO of uh, Cable Advertising Bureau, we have the Cable Advertising Upfronts just now launching. We were wrapping up uh, the network uh, uh, television broadcast uh, network uh, Upfronts just last week, and NBC has completed its Upfronts selling, taking 1.9% billion ray this uh, this year the same total as last year but that's a little misleading because right, sources right. familiar with the negotiation say that nbc sold about four percent more inventory in the upfront than last year and sources also said i love that whoever those sources are rather uh, reliable media yeah variety yeah right right uh, that the uh, total upfront take includes sales for the new sunday night football on nbc so when you're selling more units for the same uh, same ultimate uh, revenue stream as you had last year, I'm not sure that that's a good thing. No, but at least you're at least you're flat, and that's better than being down, huh? Well, and one of these reports is saying that uh, uh, much of the decline can be attributed. There's a, they're saying there's a decline, basically 300 million than last year. Uh, the broadcast overall. networks, yeah, exactly. Yeah, overall. And, they and say, by the way, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. They say that uh, part of that decline is attributed to the merger between WB and UPN, which uh, well, we talked about as well. Yeah, and Sean Cunningham, yeah. Sean Cunningham. How did we <clears throat> Sean Cunningham? Yes, he made the point, uh, boy, he drinks good beer. Yeah. He made the point that uh, that he thought uh, WB and, and uh, uh, UPN would be, uh, you know, kind of a, Combining of the two would be would be just as you point out, Ray. Uh, you know, two are not two do not equal five. No. Two in this case equals what one and a half. Three hundred million less. Yeah, <laughs> right. Can you divide that and just do the pie thing? Uh, can you believe this? We had the uh, we had the uh, uh, 
the agency for General Motors on out of Detroit. Hmm. Uh, JWT. Yeah. No, uh, no was uh, it? Leo Burnett. DDB. Oh, Leo, Leo Burnett. Burnett. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they have gone with Modernista on their Cadillac account. I As you recall, that. we had the gentleman on the show who <laughs> created the Cadillac ad for the, hmm. the uh, Super, Bowl. Super Bowl this past yeah. year. And... Uh, Obviously, they didn't sell as many as they wanted to, or something's wrong there. So they, That's unusual. They, They're going to a smaller firm. Uh, it is unusual, isn't it? Yeah. And Burnett and its predecessors, including uh, Darcy Advertising, have uh, run the account since 1935. Mm-hmm. That's a big loss. That's got to hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had a party. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're probably right. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, we've all heard about uh, Star Jones bailing on, uh, That's on The right. View. That's right. She's out of there. And she's going to be off as a result of uh, uh, our friend uh, oh, who's joining the uh, the staff there. You know. The lady. The, yes. Uh, her name is... Uh, <laughs> See, Come on. Uh, Come on. Uh, well, of course she would. Sure. Anyway, the uh, the gay lesbian. <laughs> Can we say that? No. no. No, we can't. No, we can't. Uh, That's fine. Anyway, we know exactly who we're talking about, and it's like Sean Cunningham. It'll come to us. But here's an interesting Probably little... Probably after the show, Brad. But okay, before, you, before you... Can you hold that thought for oh, just a minute? Oh, sure. Because I want... Maybe at that point in time, we'll have found out who we're talking about here, Okay. <laughs> Or, or maybe not on the maybe advertising not. show. Ray Shellen's Brad Forsyth. Here's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. If you have to get a written testimonial because you can't get a video testimonial, Here's what the written testimonial should say. The written testimonial should be phrased in a way that takes away risk or neutralizes a fear. It should be phrased in a way that shows a value or a specific enhancement. A testimonial should reinforce a claim. A testimonial should claim a a happy ending. There is the unspoken secret of testimonials. How do you get them? And the answer is the same as for referrals. You earn them. The difference with a testimonial is often you will have to earn them and ask for them. It's even okay to prompt the customer as to what to say or what you want them to say. If what you want them to say is the truth, the only thing worse than an exaggerated testimonial is the prospect who bought from you and found out that the testimonial was exaggerated. I can make you one promise about testimonials. No matter what form they're in, They work. I can also issue you this caution. They must be used in the proper manner or they lose their power. Oftentimes, salespeople use testimonials to get in the door. What are you thinking? Well, obviously, if that's your only way to do it, then do it. But the power of the testimonial is the proof that they offer at the time that the customer is ready to decide. Testimonials should be used at the end of the sales cycle to dispel any doubt, reduce all risk, substantiate value, and pave the way to the order. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. And the answer is A, B, or 
Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate but, that. you know, what I was, yes, uh, what I was going to mention, and, of course, Star's all pissed off, and that's why she's leaving. Well, she's say, always been pissed off. Come on. Right. They say there's no connection to her leaving and Rosie coming on board, but we all know there is. Uh, apparently, Rosie has been, you know, not speaking very favorably of uh, Star Jones for some time now. And, you know, Star's, you know, she's thinned down a bit. She's got some money. She's got the new boyfriend, now husband. Yeah. So what else does she need? Like More airtime? Uh, yeah. Tupperware. She needs but, Tupperware. <laughs> but what's interesting is Barbara Walters joins Sirius Radio. Did you hear about this, right? Exactly. And they're not. it's not joining. What they're doing is rerunning uh, exactly. the, the, uh, the older stuff as well, repurposing that. Which is well, what I thought was interesting is that she owns all of those old uh, Barbara Walters specials, which I thought was smart. Uh, hands up, uh, you know, applaud to her business manager. More in just a moment on the advertising show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Fruit juicy. Hey, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. You taste seven kinds of fruit in Hawaiian punch. That's right. Sell drinks by threatening bodily injury. That's the way to do it, folks. Uh, Hawaiian punch is good, though. There's no doubt about that. Ray Sheldon's Brad Forsyth back with uh, a few segments here with our special guest today, Lance Still, who is uh, New Line Cinema's executive vice president of national promotions. Uh, New Line Cinema was founded almost 40 years ago. It is the most successful independent film company in the world. There's a good chance you've probably seen a lot of their films. Uh, uh, Still has been instrumental in expanding the company's relationships with a number of blue chip partners. She set up uh, recent promotions with uh, people like Anheuser Bush, Chrysler, who has a new agency, Quiznos, Cadbury Schweppes, and Samsung. In addition, uh, Lance, uh, to the production and uh, marketing and distribution of the theatrical motion pictures, the fully integrated studio has divisions devoted to home entertainment, television, music, theater, merchandising, and international unit. And Lance is uh, currently developing promotions for the uh, theatrical releases of Tenacious D, In the Pick of Destiny, and Snakes on a Plane. I'll tell you one thing, if I was on a plane... No, thank you. No snakes, please. Lance, it is so nice to have you out of uh, Los Angeles. So we're talking to you this weekend, right? Yes, Very that's good. correct. Hi, well, Ray. Hi, welcome, Brad. welcome to the advertising show. <laughs> yeah, you. and your your bio reads, Lance, as if the uh, publicity department for uh, New Line wrote it. Well, I mean, no background on you, other you just <laughs> you showed up there, and then we've got a whole paragraph on New Lance, Line. Lance had no life before New exactly. Line. Exactly. Obviously, I was not fully formed until I joined New Line. Yeah, you exactly. you were born it's in your yeah. contract. So directly from college, and this many years later, here you go. Right. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your uh, role as vice president in charge of promotions for New Line Cinema. What what would be a, a day in the life for uh, Lance still? A lot of phone calls. A lot of <laughs> taking or <laughs> taking or making. I think a little bit of both. You know, yeah, a lot of a bit of dialing for dollars and a bit of fielding promotional <laughs> opportunities to make sure they make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and analyzing the properties. Two thousand seven is a unique year for New Line in that we're in mini-major, and so we usually only have about one event film per year, but in 2007, one to two, to be fair, but in 2007, we've cut about five major, you know, what the studios refer to as the tent pole films, and right. that, the phrase comes from, you know, the pole that holds up the tent, and I always imagine a circus going on, because I think that that's <laughs> visually appropriate to a studio, and so, you know, this part of the year is very busy, because we're trying to secure promotions for next year, summer, next holiday, and most partners need 18 to 24 months, you know, so we're a little bit behind it. 
<laughs> you know, and, and just for the record, of course, we all know what an event film is. We can visualize the big premiere and all of that, and sure. that's the, the tent idea that you were speaking of. If you're not an event film, you're what, an indie? No, I don't, I don't think an indie, but, you know, perhaps a niche film, perhaps mm-hmm. a small, you know, a smaller film, like a B film. And I don't, I don't want to poke at other studios, but, you know, romantic comedy that doesn't appeal to all four quadrants, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, and those quadrants being, you know, over and under 25, male, female, you know, teens, tweens. And so it does, having films that sort of lie within one of those quadrants might be a smaller film. But an event film is ideally something that has multiple demographic appeal. So what does Lance still watch at the end of a long, hard day at the office? And don't tell me a New Line Cinema DVD. Okay. <laughs> no, your, your iPod. Um, I watch my iPod. I watch a lot of things that I'm pretty ashamed of, actually. Um, Flavor of Love. Minute. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Office, I'm not ashamed of. No. I love that. And a great right. My name is Earl. Oh, of course. I did watch Nova last night, though, so I'm glad to be able to say that. That's did nice. you have did wine you and cheese? Did you learn something uh, last night? Or? I, I did, actually. It was about, um, it was the history of discovering that neutrinos have mass. So. Oh, well, see, I already knew that. <laughs> so I didn't have any, yeah. I T-voted. What are they, Catholic or something? Right. Or? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's right. the standing mass. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and by the way, well, staying, you know, your, your CEO is going to say, now, why didn't you talk more about uh, New Line instead of PBS? So we're going to return to that real quickly. Okay. New Line uh, releases how many uh, films per year? About Lance? 12 per year mm-hmm. theatrically That's and huge. about 15 to 20 on DVD. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how what do you, how what what about this uh, speed in which uh, films today seem to be making it to DVD much quicker than times in the past? Sure, and I you know there was studies have shown that it is more economical for a studio to release a film on DVD with a smaller window from the theatrical release because then you don't have to spend as much money to build awareness back up. You know, so if you've waited six months to a year, your advertising spend would be greater than if you wait four months. So there's definitely the economy in in releasing, narrowing those release windows. And but, no no fear of uh, cannibalizing your, your in-theater audience? You know, there's definitely a fear, which I think is keeping that, you know, kind of the event horizon. It's keeping it from going less than four months, unless it's, a you know, specifically proving a point if you're Mark Cuban and... He mm. did the film and DVD simultaneously, and clearly that, that didn't probably work out as well as he had hoped. So you don't see that as something that will eventually evolve the simultaneous release on uh, DVD as well as in the theatrical release? I think it will eventually evolve, but we're not there yet. And when, you know, convergence really does happen, and we've been talking about this for a long time, but when things do converge and people are have the fat pipe into their house and can download a feature-length film conveniently, then that's something that they'll need to look at because, hmm. you know, the piracy tends to outpace acceptable, you know, traditional forms of technology. So already people are downloading films on BitTorrent, but it can take up to a month to download a film. But once that goes away, the studios and the distributors and... Um, the exhibitors are going to have to work together to come to a happy place where the windows can coalesce. Otherwise, you'll be leaving a lot of money on the table from piracy. 
Yeah, and of course, that's always going to be a fear, and I think uh, we'll eventually figure out how to get around that. With regard to a fat pipe in the house, uh, Ray has one, but it's more of a lifestyle no, choice. No, no, no. It's not, I has knew something was coming from using with, that phrase. With this yeah. internet connection. Uh, uh, no, sounds like something Enron would do. <laughs> Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about how uh, you uh, attended as well as co-chaired the uh, recent uh, Promotion Marketing Association Star Power Conference in Los Angeles and get some of the highlights well, of that event. I- we're going to hold that till next uh, segment. Okay. That's, that's called a tease in our business. Now, Ray, put your shirt back on. That's also a tease. Right, right. I actually but, have to tell you something about yes, that. Um, you didn't attend. I didn't attend because I had to attend a funeral, so I oh, pulled no. out the last day. Well, then we'll catch that on DVD as well, I suppose. No, that's okay. Excuse me. Uh, Well, we won't tease. We'll we'll tease something else later. New Line Cinema is the old... I'd ask another question if I were you, Brad. Well, thank you, Ray. I'm going to do that. Uh, New Line Cinema is the oldest and and certainly one of the more successful fully integrated independent film companies. Is is franchise filmmaking, Lance, on the rise over the past few years, do you think? I would think so because I think studios are becoming... um, more risk-averse, you know, we, we were never very risky to begin with, but having something that has proven audience appeal has definitely become more important as there are more choices out there and more ways to spend your entertainment money and time. You know, uh, I, I often think, and I think I know the answer to this, but I, it's, it's not always obvious. When, when is the budget decided uh, for each film when it comes to promotions? Is it built into the cost up front, or is sometimes this change once a project so. gets completed? I think it does definitely change once a project is completed. We have, we can definitely intuit, and judging from the overall bo- projected box office performance, and that's what all the budgets are based. You know, production or, or future marketing spend is is our faith in how well the movie is going to perform, and that's when our promotions budget is set. But mm-hmm. sometimes the movie surprises us once it's finished, and we can either up the spend or lower it depending on expectations. So it depends on the final result and final cut and how excited people are about the film. Yes, within, and sometimes yeah. we don't have that luxury. Sometimes we've got to go with what our gut was, you know, because if we see the final cut of the film a month before it's coming out, then it's not relevant to our, our budgeting plans. You know, Katie Couric went with her gut recently, and I didn't like visualizing that, but uh, you know, it's kind of a different deal. Uh, a year from now, she might not like that either. <clears throat> well, that's true. I'm, I would rather envision, uh, well, we'll talk about guts next segment. See, there's another tease right here, there, right? Here we go. This is We're so good at this thing. Bob but... Schieffer's gut. How would that look? <laughs> you don't want to know. No. Our special guest is Lance Still out of Los Angeles, Vice President of Promotions, New Line Cinema. We've got a couple more segments with Lance, and we look forward to that. Hope you can uh, stay with us as well here at the advertisingshow.com. It's a it's a great website, very powerful website, uh, driven by uh, Shipple and uh, company. Shipple uh, is Shipple.com. That's S C H I P U L dot com. And uh, tendency is the thing that really makes it uh, really lively. Go check it out here on the advertisingshow.com. It's Shipple.com. Thanks to Ed, our good friends here in the Houston market. Back in just a moment with more with Lance. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. A woman here? Never. A woman's world has freely grown. Most places now she calls around. Gentlemen, You know, I almost wish, although I do have some popcorn in the studio, I should probably go make some. 
That would be a good candy idea. bar, Brad. I mean, this is great. New Line Cinema and our special guest is uh, Vice President of Promotions of New Line Cinema, Lance Still. Lance, uh, so nice to have you here. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm curious, Lance, you know, you're the ideal person to talk about the movie industry here, especially promotional tie-ins and so forth, because you're in the trenches. And uh, not often, I think, uh, our, our general audience has a sense of, of really the unique opportunities that exist for uh, uh, a company like New Line Cinema. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Lord of the Rings, one of New Line's most notable films of late. Uh, what was the New Line Cinema's involvement with the film, first off? And when did you guys uh, first get involved in the project? We were involved from the very early stages because Peter Jackson was a long, he's the director, had, had been in love with the property for many, many years, and it had always been a dream of his to turn all three books into three films and to film them consecutively in New Zealand, which is where he's from. And mm -hmm. he had shopped it around to many studios. Most of the studios only wanted to do one film, but Mark Ardesky, who was the producer on the film from New Line, really got his understood peter's vision and felt that it was something that he wanted to embrace and so he brought peter to new line and and the rest is new line history you know it took about six years to make in new zealand all in and we couldn't believe when it was over we had three consecutive years of theatrical releases you know interspersed with three consecutive years of dvd releases and once it was done it wow. was like our kid had left you know off to college yeah. 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 And, you know, uh, building a web property for Lord of the Rings two and a half years before the film's release was unheard of in 1999. Not such a novel idea today, of course. But I'm curious, how, how did you uh, con uh, convince the producer or, or director or whoever you had to produce to buy into this strategy back in 99? Well, Gordon Patterson, who is the head of New Media, he's exec executive vice president of New Media at the time, was was and still is heading up the interactive department and he really recognized a need to speak to the core fan which you know the core fan base was very active on the web and fortunately the director was fully embracing of that and allowed you know in quotes spies to come to his set and report on what they were seeing and really providing true and and meaty content to give them something to to write about and be excited about you know so he was completely inclusive and we were lucky there but it was r really gordon's foresight and and understanding of the property you know very early on that that created that web success Hmm. Well, staying with the online idea for a moment, does New Line use any blogs or other social networking tools for marketing purposes? You know, I think things happen virally and, and inadvertently. And if you look at snakes on a plane, a lot of people are congratulating us for a very savvy viral campaign. And regardless of how many times we tell people we had nothing to do with that, that hmm. we were very surprised and, and you know, pleased at the... Sure. <laughs> and, you know, what's the viral juggernaut that the property has become, we really absolutely did nothing. You know, we didn't seed anything. We didn't – that was something that just really happened organically and based on the delight of the, the people on the web with the title. You know, and, and I think Samuel L. Jackson has helped a lot, too, with that, just really being supportive, giving interviews and, and being an advocate for his film. 
Well, and for those who may not be familiar with the film Snake on uh, Snakes on a Plane, uh, that that releases uh, what August? August eighteenth. Yeah, and to have uh, buzz created right now, uh, this far out, uh, and I guess grown organically without any strategy uh, on your part is quite phenomenal. Any any uh, thoughts on just how that whole thing took off? Um, <laughs> it's you know we really don't have any. I, I mean, obviously the title is unique, and and I think it it's. It's fun. It's a fun, and people with the ability to interact with that title and what they could create on their own just inspired a lot of a lot a lot of web users to to create their own property. And I think I think it it was really catching the the top of the wave of the trend of teens and young adults really wanting to create entertainment that they could interact with. Mm-hmm. And, and be exposed to entertainment that they could somehow affect. And what we, yeah. we saw early on were people creating blogs about snakes on a plane, how excited they were. But then it, it very quickly evolved into creating trailers, music videos, um, teaser posters, ideas on what the sequels would be, like snakes on Saddam Hussein, you know, snakes on a train, just any iteration like that. They just continued to create more and more content and i think the idea of ownership and the emotional involvement with that content you know continues to make it a compelling property and the fact that the studio i think that it's been a smart move on our part to not shut that down you know even people really just skirting what was okay on you know creating their own licensed materials you know just basically barely getting away with it but still getting away with it like not quite infringing on our movie property but Mm -hmm. creating t-shirts and hats and things for sale to other consumers that were inspired by the film and we've allowed that to continue because we think that it's really true to the nature of the property you know and that's uh that that's really a a cool attitude and not a lot in your in your industry are willing to do that and you're benefiting in a great way as a result of that traditional media mix i would imagine has changed considerably for your industry over the past few years i'm curious uh, lance what role has wireless and other emerging media channels played for promotions in uh in your particular industry and in particular for new line and in less than 30 seconds (laughs) i think that uh it it definitely has changed and well, well, let's hold that, that till next time. And we appreciate that answer. We always like a little accompaniment, a little music accompaniment. <laughs> we have we have more on the way. <laughs> Good thing we have another segment because I want to hear the rest of the answer to that question. And still, VP of Promotions, New Line Center. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is the Advertising Show. There's nothing like the face of a kid eating a Hershey bar. Well, there we go. We got some candy in there for the uh, New Line Cinema interview today with uh, Lance Dill, Vice President of Promotions. It's the Hershey Snake Bar or something yeah. like that, right? Exactly. Lance, Snakes welcome back. Bar. What is that? Snakes in a Bar. Snakes in a Bar. Yeah, it's got it. Yeah. Oh, you've seen them before. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. Yeah, and before we end each segment, we usually like to wrap it up in about a, uh, you know, when we have 30 seconds left to ask, you know, somebody in your business, what was your take on Gone with the Wind? You know, something like that. <laughs> but uh, my apologies for asking a question with just a short time. Let's let's cue it back up here again. Uh, when it comes to your industry, Lance, what, what do you, uh, what role does the channels such as uh, wireless and other emerging media play for promotion for New Line? 
I think that, you know, it's definitely changed. We recognize the importance of viral marketing. And as you pointed out, what we did with Lord of the Rings is really important to the success of the property because it was speaking to the core fan base and helping legitimize what we were doing, staying true to the book property. Uh, you know, recently we just did a promotion with Anheuser-Busch and Wedding Crashers, and we created a piece of content for them that was called Crash This Trailer, wherein the consumer could put themselves into the, our trailer and, you know, be one of or two of multiple characters. They could be the Isla Fisher character. They could be Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Christopher Walken. But it was animated in a way that used the same technology that JibJab does. So it was very satisfying when the consumer uploaded their images. And, it, you know, it ended, resulted in over a million downloads, multiple, you know, sending back and forth to friends, and lots and lots of creativity. And I think... Since that came out, since that site was available pre-opening, the consumer again was allowed to become emotionally engaged with the property. They were able hmm. to interact with the characters, have fun with it, send it to their friends, and it became a very successful viral piece. You know, I understand uh, you mentioned Budweiser's involvement with Wedding Crashers. I understand that Budweiser's uh, first major film promotion uh, was Ron, or not first, but the last film uh, promotion involvement was 14 years ago with Ron Howard's Backdraft back in 91. Right. I'm cu- it was, I think it's uh, very strange that Anheuser Bush stayed out of the film uh, deals for so long, or at least the Budweiser brand did. Did you find that, uh, mo- do you find that most brands, Lance, that you work with are increasingly concerned about how to better leverage cross-platform opportunities? I mean, today this would seem to me to be a prerequisite for for brand marketers, and especially those that are looking at leveraging brand entertainment. I think that you know they they're really concerned about the the risk reward factor. You know, is hmm. aligning themselves with a film property. What is that going to accomplish? Is it going to drive sales? Is it going to help them re re you know rebrand their product? And so I feel that. You know, also it's just it's it's not as glamorous as it was ten or fifteen years ago, where everybody wanted to be the first kid on the block aligned with a film property. Now they're very, especially consumer packaged goods, they're very familiar with what's available out there, and I think that they're more discerning and more savvy. And I don't I don't think it's changed their level of involvement. I think that there are just as many film property promotional tie-ins out there, but what's changed is what the studios are willing to offer, and it's becoming more of a fully rounded partnership versus a one-sided deal. Yeah, well, let's go off uh, off script here for just a second. You know, Vice President of Promotions, New Line Cinema, everybody knows New Line Cinema. I'm curious, what, what would our audience be surprised to learn that is not so glamorous about a person in your position? <laughs> and I just th- throw you a curveball there. Okay, I mean, um, most people think that you're hobnobbing with all the Hollywood hot shots, and you know, you're going to all the premieres. You're, you're, you know, rubbing shoulders with, with the the very people that uh, most of us would love to just get a glimpse of. A little, let's go to the other side before we hit upon the the high points. What what would people find interesting that it maybe is not so glamorous about well, your I think, position? You know, the, you're meeting with a lot of different people in a lot of lovely locations, but they're not traditionally, you know, the glamorous places to go. So I'm a road warrior. I'm out at least three times a month traveling, and I go to Ohio, Wisconsin, 
Detroit, you know, St. Louis, and each town has a lot of charm, but it's a lot of time away from home. And, mm -hmm. you know, no one can think that I'm going on a boondoggle with my usual destinations. So. And, th and those not trips Ohio. are... No, no, yeah. no. Or, or St. Louis. Well, those trips are to meet with prospective sponsors and so forth. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, like Anheuser-Busch is based in St. Louis, and great town, very charming, but again, mm. you know, it's not glamorous, and time is spent in Bentonville, time is spent in Virginia, and mm. that, just kind of slugging through the airport, when when the guy who's checking your ID and your boarding pass looks up... Begins says, to you, recognize you, you. Yeah, and says, you know, yeah. you fly a lot. It's like, yeah, thanks, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I travel a lot myself. My neighbors think that I'm a pilot now, so it's the same situation. I said you were a bum. Well, that's, that's okay. true. Uh, Lance, still, Lance, thank you so much for being with us today on the Advertising Show. Thank you very much. Hope you had fun. Go to uh, newline.com and check out, well, find out what you didn't know about New Line Center there, newline.com. Back with more in just a moment on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You're at the top secret high karate training school. These trainees are learning how to defend themselves in case they get a high karate. We've got to tell Lance she gets a free bottle of high karate uh, with the show uh, this week. Anjali. Anjali. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. So, uh, Lance, uh, thank you very much for being part of the uh, show today. Karen Jones is going to be with us next week, Vice President of Brand Advertising and Promotion for DHL. And no relation to Star Jones. No. Well, no. Well, they might. We're might not be. sure. We you never yeah, know. That's true. Because Jones is such an uncommon name, you see. Well, maybe now that we mentioned Rosie, she won't appear. That's right. So hopefully yeah. not. Uh, no, hopefully she will. Uh, <laughs> speaking of women, hold the secret. We've got Patrick Meyer here in just a few moments. Oh, away. yeah. So tell me how much sense this makes. Aiming to slow or stop extreme channel surfers, TBS, <laughs> starting in October, will slot a one-minute ad pod of hmm. humorous commercials early in each of four episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond as uh, part of Very Funny Mondays, 8 to 10 block. Uh, the uh, viewers will get to pick the best of the funny spots, which are being developed with MediaVest and Time Warner Global Marketing. Um, for, uh, for, what, for what company? For what products? F I don't know. Hmm. I, it doesn't say. Uh, hmm. Just uh, funny it, spots. Just funny commercials. <laughs> How much sense does that make? No, it doesn't. No. It now makes... you're making me want to watch this silly thing. Okay. I have to TiVo it now. Well, Media Week has more, so if you want to check that out, you can. What do you yeah. have there? Well, I was going to, you know, Rush Limbaugh, he had his drug problems not so long ago. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> apparently, uh, he was held for more than three hours earlier this past week. Oops, after we don't want that yet. Go away. <laughs> after custom officials found in his luggage a bottle of, are you ready for this? Viagra. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> for which he did not have a, a prescription. prescription? Uh oh. Yeah, the bottle was in the name. Yeah, his bo the bottle was in the name of two doctors on its re uh, rather than Limbaugh. According to the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, a doctor prescribed for uh, Limbaugh the Viagra, and it was labeled uh, with his name on it. The physician has a means of providing Limbaugh with his privacy, according to a statement by Roy Black, which of course is Limbaugh's. Attorney, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> That's wrong. Well, I mean, That's it's wrong. not it's on. not only wrong, but this would be a little embarrassing at this point, wouldn't it? Well, that too. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Poor guy. What a shame. Yeah. My God. Well, he's got ED. 
Mm-hmm. Hi, Ed. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. His brother. His brother, uh, Ed Limbaugh. For, it's my, for it's not from that, me. It's from my brother, Ed. Yeah, that's, that's it. true. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Meyer. my brother, Ed. That's good. <laughs> Patrick Meyer has uh, something for us now that we probably already know. As a guy, women hold the secret. Let's, let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. I like to think of myself as a progressive male. Yet sometimes I think, oh, my God, I think I would scream if I was a woman the way business is today in a male-dominated world. But the irony of it all is that women are the secret, the driver behind so many brands. They make most decisions, and yet so often things have a tendency to be neutral or male-dominated. Here are a couple of facts to consider. 60% of car purchase decisions are made by women. Almost all of the household decisions are made or influenced by women. So here's a simple way to crack open the power and the potential of women. Number one, put together a team. An all-female team is ideally, but it doesn't have to be. Emotionally, intrinsically, headset-wise, women know how to market to women. Second, go right to the insights. What's important to women in your category? What are the perceptions? But start to crack open the insights behind women and your brand. Third, identify what would be the things that they would love to have. In the beer category, women like beer, but in a different way from men. They don't want to consume it on all the same occasions, and they like a beer that's lighter and more refreshing. Third, create a roadmap. What are your core strategies? How do you touch women over the next several years? Fourth, create an autopilot plan with your agencies that can run 12 months of the year, because that's how women make decisions and how they buy. That's print, and it's online. How do you create a plan that touches them on an ongoing basis? Lastly, make sure you get the metrics in place to watch your business start to grow with women. That, my friends, is a way to crack open the secret with women. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. So now you know. The secret. Women hold it. And they are not letting it go. No. On the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and Karen Jones is with us next week, Vice President of Brand Advertising and Promotions for DHL. They need some new colors for their trucks and planes, okay? (laughs) And, And with all those titles, those are like three different positions, aren't they? Welcome to corporate America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see in uh, in Ad Age a few weeks ago that the CMO, the the lifespan of a CMO, remember, it was a big news was item it two a few years, years or something ago. Like well, that? it was two years. Now it's down to like twenty three <laughs> or twenty two, whatever point five. You know, they've got it down to months and right, exactly. uh, years it was and months. Under two years. That's right. It's now under. Yes. So uh, what the hell? If you want to, if you want to take a swing. Become a CMO. Well, it's no, it's no different than broadcasting was. I mean, of course, crying out loud, don't don't yeah. change the bumper hitch. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you want a job for a long time, work for the government. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about getting be a fired. Postal the delivery service person. That'd be great. Exactly. You're a big fan of uh, Starbucks, aren't you, Ray? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think one day, you know, maybe ten years from now, when we're paying fifty dollars a cup. We'll yeah, be able to say, remember, it only cost three or four bucks back in, you know, right at the turn of the century. But to, right. to help launch a line of sweet, creamy banana frappuccinos last month, Starbucks sponsored a family-oriented community event, a free day at the Phoenix Zoo. But what was interesting about this, Ray, for adults, uh, they were, of course, giving samples of espresso-infused banana coconut frappuccinos. Mm. But for the coffee retailer, also set out samples for the kids to flock to tiny little cups of banana and cream Frappuccinos made with banana puree, whipped cream, but no coffee. No, I was going to say, you can't give kids coffee. 
Well, but what made the promotion surprising is that Starbucks, Ray, has a longstanding policy of avoiding marketing to kids. And, you know, a lot of people may not know that, but the company, uh, this is what I thought was kind of weird. The company says that it wasn't aiming its promotion at any new non-coffee frappuccinos uh, uh, towards children. Well, then what was it? Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, so there's got to be somebody to deal. drink that stuff in the next uh, a couple of decades, right? Well, I think what's happening is that, you know, as Starbucks launches more drinks that, that could appeal to kids, they're trying to figure out how to promote it and, you know, be concerned about nutritional value at the same time. So it's a tough uh, tough deal. I see kids drinking coffee and uh, are ordering those things in Starbucks, don't you? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With their credit cards out. Exactly. <laughs> and cell phone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, lots to, uh, to to tell you about next week. Of course, we've got uh, Karen Jones, Vice President of Brand Advertising and Promotion, DHL. The other guys. Well, actually, the, the, the other two guys with would, would throw in UPS or something <laughs> like that, too, as well. Hey, the Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. We hope you come to our website, theadvertisingshow.com, as well. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.